This is the Italian Citizenship Podcast, hosted by Marco Permunian and Rafael Di Furia. Hello there and welcome to this special update from the Italian Citizenship Podcast, presented by ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com. We are here again with Italian attorney Marco Permunian. How are you doing, man? You good, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Today, we wanted to get together for this very special and very, really amazing update for what is going on in Italy. There are many people who are not of Italian descent and looking for a way to be able to come to Italy. And there is something now on the books that has just kind of been introduced all of a sudden, which is why we've gotten together today to record this special episode outside of our normally scheduled programming to talk about the digital nomad visa that seems like it's coming to Italy very soon. Maybe Marco, would you mind telling us a little bit about what's going on with this digital nomad update for this visa to be able to come and live and work in Italy? Yes, it does seem like Italy is finally introducing a visa for uh, digital nomads, like other countries have done recently. Now, we are talking about a decree made by the government just a few weeks back. And the way it works in Italy is that a decree must be converted into law uh, within a certain amount of time. Otherwise, it loses uh, its power. But uh, we have already seen a draft of the law that the parliament will use to convert this decree into law. And it seems like the text of the decree um, was not modified by the parliament. So we can safely assume that the text of the decree will actually remain the same. And what the decree says is that a new visa is being introduced by the Italian government meant for uh, digital nomad, and it actually identifies um, who can be considered digital nomads, which would be uh, freelancers or even people working for a foreign company in Italy. So people who are physically in Italy but are working for a non-Italian company. And of course, we're talking about non-EU uh, citizens because EU citizens don't need uh, this type of visa to be able to reside in Italy. And they can freely work for a company in their home country while staying in Italy. So this visa is meant for uh, people who are non-EU citizens. And although the law makes reference to freelancers and people who are working from their um, foreign company while living in Italy, it does not identify yet in detail um, what requirements these workers need to meet in order to fall into this category. And this provision makes reference to a subsequent law which needs to be made within 30 days from, from when this decree will be converted into law. And uh, this new law, which will be issued by the um, Ministry of Interior, will specify further what requirements these workers will need to meet in order to fall into this uh, category and be able to apply for the um, digital nomad visa. Fascinating. So does this, I mean, can we infer based on what we've seen so far, maybe what type of requirements may be in place? I mean, financial or otherwise, like would the person maybe have to, I mean, because at this point, because it doesn't actually exist, this is mostly theoretical with some uh, actual practical 
the things that have already been in place. From your perspective, who do you think might be the types of individuals who this would really probably be best suited for? So as I mentioned, this decree already makes reference to a subsequent law which will further specify um, the requirements that these workers uh, need to meet. But uh, we can infer already that it's it's a probably the problem is going to be a broad category. Um, again, we don't know yet, but it seems like anybody who is a freelancer um, or so it, it, so it's a it's a self-employed person who works with um, like in the digital world um, or somebody who's working for a foreign company from within Italy can be included in this uh, category. But I guess we'll see once the government will further clarify, uh, this aspect. Now, there are other requirements that are included in this decree, which we already know will affect the ability of applying for this visa. For example, uh, the person who um, applies for the digital normal visa will have to have a minimum income. So if you're below that income, and we don't know yet what the amount required by the law is, but if you are uh, below that income, you don't qualify for this visa, which means that probably you need to have an established business already. If you're a freelancer, you can't just go to Italy and think about starting a business. You need to have something in place already, which allows you to have a certain income uh, that can qualify you for uh, this visa. And the other requirement is that you need to have a medical insurance, uh, like it happens for other types of visas. So you need to show that you have a medical insurance that will cover your stay in Italy for the year. Uh, that you will be living in Italy on this visa. At this point in time, has there been any information released as to whether this visa will be renewable or not? Or like, will this be a one-year experience and that's it? Or, I mean, is there, again, we're talking about something theoretical at this point. Uh, has there been any information that has been listed about that? It seems like the visa, you will be able to renew the visa every year from within Italy, as long as you maintain uh, all of the requirements, so the income requirement and medical insurance requirement, and you can renew the visa from within Italy every year, so with no need to go back to, to the US if you're from there, um, which is the same thing that happens for many other visas. You can renew the visa from within Italy if you continue to meet the requirements. However, because it has not been finalized, uh, the answer to that question, the final answer to that question is something that we'll have to wait for. I can I can see why that would be. Um, so, of course, that means that this there will be a second part to this episode because we wanted to make sure to get this information out as quickly as possible because this is huge that Italy is introducing something like this. I mean, I can say I know people, multiple, like a huge group of people who are really interested in making their way to Italy, but because of how things have worked until now in Italy, it's been difficult for somebody who is a non-European or isn't of Italian descent or not eligible for Italian citizenship by descent to be able to make their way to be able to be living in Italy full-time and on top be legal to work. Uh, but I'm curious though, uh, in this new decree, has there been any mention or any any in, insinuation of what their tax requirements may be? Or will there not be any kind of obligation for these individuals? Um, it seems like uh, the tax 
issue will be completely separate from the uh, visa issue. So the law um, does not get into the details uh, regarding taxes, but it does seem like that if you are somebody who is living in Italy on this visa, you'll have to pay taxes in Italy if you are a freelancer, like a self-employed worker. But there are several advantageous tax regimes in Italy for um, freelancers or for self-employed people, just to mention one uh, that you and I are familiar with, and we were discussing that uh, before um, recording this episode, the um, regime forfettario, which means that if you are a professional uh, who is living in Italy and, and you, if you don't make more than 65,000 euros a year, you can fall into this category and you can choose this very advantageous tax regime when you only pay up to the 15% in taxes and your bookkeeping and accounting is very simplified. Like you don't have to uh, list all of the expenses for the company or yourself. It's a very simplified regime. Right. And but only- if I'm not mistaken, you also don't even have to collect um, value-added tax on top of the, v- the VAT or EVA. Exactly. So it's it's very advantageous for people who can fall into this category and choose this uh, regime. And uh, there are several other uh, advantages or, or advantageous uh, tax regimes for uh, other categories of people. And maybe uh, we can refer people to other episodes where we discuss this. But uh, for example, if you relocate in a certain area in Italy, you can benefit from a special tax regime. I don't know, Sicily, but uh, that's a whole different word that, uh, and we could talk about this for hours, but there are several advantages. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, there's, um, for people who are going to Sicily for the first time, who've never lived there before, there's the potential even to have no taxes. And then even like what you were mentioning about the forfetario, I know in some cases it's like up to X amount of percent on maybe like 75% of your income because 25% or X percent would be considered as like your expenses kind of built in. So if you have expenses that exceed that 25% or whatever that X percent is that's built into it, um, then okay, that's a different situation. But um, it really is interesting to see, I mean, because this almost seems uncharacteristic of the Italy that we've come to expect at this point uh, to be really opening the doors in such a massive way. I mean, this is almost sounding like something uh, like what um, Estonia has done. And even during uh, the lockdowns and everything, they made becoming a a digital nomad in that country to kind of ride out the storm, so to speak, uh, much easier. So it's interesting to see that Italy is introducing this kind of on a longer term basis. Even I know one other country that does this is Portugal, that they have this uh, type of situation for individuals who are digital nomads or remote workers. Um, but just one thing, actually, to take it back to what you were talking about, because you were mentioning about uh, the remote workers um, or the digital nomads. Is it only the digital nomad that has to be from outside of Europe or can it be somebody who's, say, a remote worker for a company in Germany, but they're originally from the United States or something along these lines? Would something like that work? Well, so the digital nomad visa is for non-EU citizens because um, if you are an EU citizen, you don't really need a visa to relocate to Italy and work in Italy uh, as an employee, digital nomad or whatever. So the visa does apply only to non-EU citizens 
that are relocating to Italy to work as freelancers or for a foreign company, which could be an American company or even a European company that is based outside of Italy. And that's interesting. So I guess, so if you are in that situation, kind of like what we were speaking about before, that you are a digital nomad, you're kind of freelancing, working on your own, you may be subject to taxes in Italy. But what about for those remote workers who may already be working for the com- for a company and have some type of taxation already taken care of? Would they be potentially liable for taxes in Italy or would their company be liable for activities technically done within the Italian state? So it does seem like that the company, the foreign company will not have to pay any sort of taxes just because they have an employee living full-time in Italy on a digital nomad visa. So the, the answer is, it seems like the company will have no uh, liabilities or, or tax obligations in Italy just because of that. And also one point that I wanted to clarify is that when in, in the other situation, so talking about freelancers who will be subject to taxation in Italy, that we also have to keep in mind that between several countries and Italy there are agreements in place to avoid when possible for the most part double taxation so um, I would invite people to just take a look at the agreement for example the existing agreement between the US and Italy which will probably um, make it possible for most people to avoid double taxation when they have to pay taxes in Italy yeah, that's that's a that's a really big point there. The double taxation potential, double taxation. But I know for as like you were saying, the U.S. and Italy, um, there's some. It it gets up there. You you would be very comfortable in life, I would say, uh, before you have to really start worrying about the double taxation, at least from the American perspective. And I think it actually just before we finish off with this episode, it may be worthwhile to do a quick summarization of what the process may look like, what would be required for that person, um, and what the process could look like because of course we're going to have to revisit this topic at a later date once everything is finalized again this episode is just to serve the purpose really of letting everybody know what is coming what is coming down the pipeline and what things should be looking like not the finalized answers yet we'll get to those finalized answers in a future episode but marco like i was saying maybe just to 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 summarize what would be the requirements for an individual who wants to come and get this digital nomad visa? You need to be a digital nomad, so somebody who qualifies as a freelancer or a remote worker. Um, you need to have probably you will need to have an established activity if you are a freelancer because there is a minimum income required. You need to have a medical insurance covering your stay in Italy. And probably one subject that we haven't touched on yet is the fact that it does look like this will be a simplified procedure to obtain this type of visa, uh, which is very similar to the self-employed visa, which is which already exists in Italy, but it's very difficult to obtain. And you need to get pre-approvals, there is a pre-screening of your uh, working activity that you're going to perform in Italy. Uh, you need to get a uh, clearance from the Italian 
authorities, Chamber of Commerce and, and other uh, types of immigration offices in Italy. And it seems like none of this is required for the uh, obtainment of the digital nomad visa, meaning that probably the evaluation of all the requirements will be done exclusively by the Italian consulate abroad where you apply for this kind of visa. Wow, that is that's that's very big right there to not have to go through that same process because I know that self-employment visa for Italy can be almost impossible for most people. There are people who do get it, but it's still quite difficult. But to have a simplified process for a wider group of people, because even those self-employment visas end up being quite limited with the types of activities, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that you can do as well. But Marco, thank you so much again for making yourself available for this last second special update, interrupting our normal uh, schedule for the Italian Citizenship Podcast. But of course, if anybody is interested in more updates about this subject, as well as any other topics about moving to Italy or Italian citizenship, of course, to be subscribed to this podcast is going to be a great way to stay updated as well as your Facebook page. But if anybody is needing help with this process, how can they get in contact with you and your team? People can contact us through our website, italiancitizenshipassistance.com, or give us a call, the numbers on the website. Absolutely fantastic. Again, thank you so much for making yourself available. Also, if you're interested in more content like this about Italian citizenship, Italian visas, and so on, be sure that you're subscribed to this YouTube channel or the audio-only podcast. But of course, if you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, that means that you are also automatically subscribed to the Italian real estate podcast that Marco and I also collaborate on, where we talk about Italian real estate and kind of the nitty gritty details about that. But we've also been talking about life in Italy, living in Italy, and recently we've been working on a mini series all about where we would consider living in Italy, like some of the, the best places that we can think of that would really be of interest to people. So be sure you're subscribed because those episodes I know have been a lot of fun for me and I'm sure for Marco as well. And we've been getting plenty of feedback from people saying how much they've been enjoying that. So anyway, really, of course, thank you so much again for joining us for another episode of the Italian Citizenship Podcast presented by ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com. Of course, we have been here with Italian attorney Marco Permunian. I'm Rafael Di Furia. Stay safe and healthy out there and we'll see you all next time. Later. Thank you.